Na mehi mahana kia koto, ko sera harain toko ingoa, no otatai aho, no reira, tena koto katoa. Hello and welcome to HipCast, the podcast series to improve hip fracture care. I'm Dr. Sarah Hurring, Clinical Lead for the New Zealand Hip Fracture Registry and Geriatrician at Christchurch Hospital. Today, I'd like to introduce Caroline Miller, a consumer representative on the New Zealand Committee of the Hip Fracture Registry. Caroline spoke at our recent Hip Festival Education Day in Wellington in September 2022, uh, and this is what she had to say. Good morning. I'm Caroline Miller, and I'm consumer rep number two. I'd, I'd just actually like to say, uh, first of all, how amazing it is to be standing in a room of highly qualified people who are interested in and working at a very high level, proving the care of people with hip fractures. When I first had a, a hip fracture, I didn't let anybody call it that. My friends have to call it a femur fracture or a leg fracture because I had an understanding that a hip fracture meant the beginning of the end, and that's the end of life. And um, thanks to the work of people like you, that's a scenario that has clearly changed and is changing. And thank you very much for being involved in this work. Um, so, so what I'm talking about is really a mixture of um, adding to some of Nyarangi's uh, tips and uh, just a few other uh, suggestions about ways to go, but also in the context of bringing the person with the hip fracture back into the center of the treatment rather than the hip being the center of the treatment. And so I think that our contribution that we can make is, is from that point of view. So where is the, the hip patient in this picture? I start with, we had very different experiences in very different hospitals. And starting with the care team, uh, although we were in different hospitals, we had no idea that there was a team looking after us. Okay, so we knew there are lots of people who came and said hello to us and were incredibly helpful, and especially nurses and uh, physios. But it would have been really good if somebody at the beginning had just said, there's a whole team of us, you won't see us all at once, but we compare notes, we have a plan about your treatment, and you can ask any of us um, about, uh, about your care. I mean, it's a small thing, it just didn't happen. And similarly, I was discharged um, after seven days in hospital, which felt dangerously early to me. Nyarani, as she said, was in rehab, in hospital and rehab for three weeks. And so again, it would have been very helpful to have an idea of what needed to be achieved. You know, what, what was our route? What, what path were we on and what had to happen? Um, because we now know there's a, there's a protocol, but we had no idea um, what it was. I want to do a big plug for this booklet. So this is published by the um, uh, Health Quality and um, Safety Committee, published in 2022. Recovering from a hip fracture, it's got 
all kinds of information that a patient needs in it. But it isn't useful to give it to the patient. And I'm sure if you think about it, you can you can understand why. When when at what stage would you give it to them? At what stage are they ready to be able to read something and take in some information? And I'm going to point out some of the things that are in here and to suggest the way that I would like to see it used. So some people have mentioned on pages two and three, there, there are good diagrams of different kinds of hip fracture and different repairs of those. And people I know have been shown that by physios and have been very pleased to see, you know, to begin to get an understanding of what's happened inside their own body. There's a sign-off checklist that should be gone through with the patient before they're discharged from the hospital, because they're really key things that the patient needs to know and needs to go through. Now, again, if you, if you just give that to a patient, they'll just take everything off of that, that reading, because they want to go home now, please. <laughs> that, that's not a useful way to use that. I'm going to tell you a useful way to use that. Now, what I would like to suggest with, uh, with this booklet, that it's actually a, a, a role for an occupational therapist, I think that you are um, a key figure in the rehabilitation um, team for hip fracture. And I think that you're underutilized, and I would like to see more occupational therapists here. Because I think this is an ideal booklet as the basis of a relationship for an OT to go through with, with the patient in hospital and to go through that checklist and to sign off in the notes that they've gone through that checklist with the patient and to be available to, to ask and answer questions to make sure that the patient is, um, is, is well prepared to go home and understands as much as they can understand that. I mean, I would suggest that, that uh, sections of this are just gone through bit by bit with, with the OT. But I would also say, just going to the um, rehab experience, which I didn't have, and I'm forever envious about. Um, <laughs> I, I visited people in, um, in rehab, and my observation was that there was a lot of downtime, and I think Sarah's referred to that. There are likely to be three, four, five patients in rehab with a hip fracture. And it would be a great opportunity to um, get them together and to go through sections of this booklet with them. And it would also serve the purpose of breaking down some of the initial isolation, some of the initial um, depersonalization that the person with um, hip fracture is experiencing and the beginning of be, being able to share some, ex, some uh, experiences with other people who also have a hip fracture. So a number of purposes with that book, but excellent um, to use. Now, into the sort of general tips area, point four was just about looking at um, the pain regime after discharge. I wrote down um, date, time, and dose of pain relief that I took. And it, I think it would be good to suggest that to people because I was very quickly aware that I wouldn't remember. So just having a plan for a, for a pain regime would be good. When I got home from uh, hospital, 
the equipment was there, very practical equipment that um, that was very useful. Uh, what, what, what I didn't know was that after six weeks it was going to be taken away unless I asked to have it for longer. So again, just a little tip, it would be useful to know, you can apply for it to stay for longer and, and it will stay for longer. And in terms of this care and support, so that's the, that's the contracted care from um, agencies, you know, like um, Genesis and so on. So it's absolutely essential. Um, it, it's physically essential and it's psychologically essential, very practical, practical but it's somebody else coming in every day, somebody um, helping you care for yourself and caring for you. Um, and also, it's a bit of socialisation, a bit of sociability. Now, um, I, I live alone and I live in a retirement village. And I want to pick up something that Sarah said. Uh, I think there might be an assumption that if you live in a, a retirement village, and you go home from hospital, then there's some kind of care provided. There isn't. I live in an independent apartment. It's like living in a house in the middle of a forest or a field, okay? There, there is no care or interest provided. So, so I, I think that's a very important thing to find out from people and to, and to be part of those statistics about um, rehab and ongoing care. And I was saying to someone earlier, um, because I haven't been in a rehab ward within 24 hours of arriving home, I got stuck in a corner in my house. And I had to ring up a friend and say, I'm stuck in a corner. Could you please come help me get out of this corner? Yeah, I mean, I just, I just couldn't figure what to move and how, and how to get out of that corner. Again, just, just trying to keep the picture of the person in a holistic way, and all these little things that come into our normal everyday life, and 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 the loss of that sense of the person we are that goes with having a, a hip fracture and how that can be restored. So thinking all the time about the restoration um, of that personhood as well. Um, now in terms of a follow-up um, appointment, this was such amazing, clever um, surgery and we're very grateful for that. And um, I wasn't offered a follow-up appointment. And I was astonished. I thought, how could somebody do something so clever and not want to know how it worked out? You know, of course they know how it works out. You know, they do it all the time and it works. But, it, you know, that was my initial thing. Like, why wouldn't they do such a great job and not want to know about it? But apparently this is a resource issue. So now talk a bit about um, resources and some different use of resources. And so I thought, well, you don't have to have the follow-up with a surgeon, and you don't have to have it with the surgeon who did the surgery necessarily, but this could be a very good training exercise for a registrar, preferably one who's done an, an orthopedic rotation, doesn't need to know the patient, 
but would need to do some revision of the patient's notes, mm -hmm. would need to know what you look for at the six to eight week um, follow-up, and um, be able to answer some questions from the patient. I haven't, I haven't talked about ACC, and I just want to come back to this, but on page seven, there's a short list of what ACC can provide, and particularly around physio. Now, ACC is a tremendous resource that we have, and they can help with all kinds of things, but they will only give you that thing if you ask for it. So you need to know what it is that they've got that you could have. And again, very important information for the person to know leaving hospital. Also, that there was a two-week delay, so we were given an interim number, and then we rang ACC and got a proper number, and that, that, we, that didn't come through until two weeks after discharge from hospital, and then we could start to liaise with ACC. I think that could be pushed back. I think, I think that time um, scale could be pushed back. So one other idea is around um, psychological support. Again, this booklet, this undervalued, unloved, unused booklet <laughs> for all you caring people. Um, this, this, this started with um, a focus group meeting run by the Health Quality Standards and Technologies. At, uh, they got together a group of people in Auckland who all had experience of um, hip fracture and um, uh, and asked them questions about this too and showed them that prototype of a booklet, etc., what would be um, helpful. It was absolutely astonishing to be in that room with so many people who had had a hip fracture or experience of a hip fracture because it might have been a carer. And one or two people who are in this room were there. The noise, the noise level that just went whoosh. Everybody wanted to talk about their hip fracture. Everybody wanted to talk to somebody else who had had a hip fracture. So the obvious follow-on, apart from the great um, booklet, this great booklet, <laughs> was um, support group. Support group. So I went home and I looked up support groups, and there aren't any. And, and obviously this is another resource issue. And so I just want to quickly say, because this is a very embryonic idea, um, that I then started thinking, okay, if we could get some academics involved who are training anybody in the health sciences, this could be, and, and a bit of funding from somewhere, this could be the t a topic for a, a master's um, dissertation for, for someone in the health sciences. And it could be like a rolling series, building on each other, um, setting up, funding, running um, uh, a, a support group for hip fracture. Now, that's the very beginning of the idea. I, I've made some other investigations, but the, there's anybody who has access to money <laughs> and who has access to students in the health sciences who might be interested in doing um, some master's level research which would lead on to other things. 
I'd be really interested to talk to you. Because I think that's the next big area, is really looking at um, the psychological needs of, of patients with hip fracture and, um, and probably support groups which give them that and some um, socialization. So thank you very much um, for your attention. And again, thank you very much for all that you do and keep doing it with great enthusiasm. It makes a real difference.